What up? Hello, hombre. Hey, hey, hombre. <laughs> What's your name, man? All right, welcome to the Elmore Leonard's, uh, where we break down all the great things that are happening uh, in film based off Elmore Leonard's work, The Dickens of Detroit. He wrote a ton of novels, novelettes, TV shows, some screenplays here and there. Uh, and Hollywood likes to make movies out of them because they're great stories. They got great characters. Uh, some of them, because he got his uh, start in Westerns. Uh, some of these films are Westerns. Uh, so welcome uh, to the Elmore Leonard's where we are breaking down the movie Ombre from 1967, Paul Newman. Uh, I'm Al. I'm Ken. And I'm Drew. We're the Elmore Leonard's. Uh, 1967, Paul Newman, uh, this is his absolute best year because that is the same year that Cool Hand Luke comes out. Um, if I had to pick two movies to watch, uh, it would be Cool Hand Luke and Ombre, uh, and Road to Perdition, throw that in there. Um, Directed by Martin Ritt. Did he do much? It sounded familiar, but when I looked up to see what he directed, it wasn't a whole lot. Uh, a lot with actually Paul Newman. This is this was their sixth movie. Oh wow! Ritt directed and had Paul Newman star, and they had uh, this is they didn't do any after this together. But yeah, they had a total of six together. Okay, so maybe that's where I read it. Yeah. Um. Produced by Ritt and Irving Ravitch. And then Ravitch himself wrote the screenplay based off the Elmore novel. And, and another writer, Harriet Frank Jr. You think that's a guy's name? Harriet? Could be. Okay. I guess it could be a, a guy's name. <laughs> it's like, I've never seen a woman junior before. Right. Um... Yeah, this is this is a great western. Jan liked it. Yeah, uh, it was a great. I read to where in this is about the time where if a director wants to prove that they haven't sold out, they'll do a socially conscious western, and this is definitely one of those because um, you're you're fighting the stereotypes of Native Americans in Hollywood, which are a usually played by Italian guys right. and wigs and dark makeup. Yeah, Greeks. And, Somebody with olive skin. Yeah, and they're <laughs> just made to be savages and thoughtless drunks and all that stuff. And this, it's it's a white guy raised by Native Americans, a la Daniel Day-Lewis, Hawkeye. Uh, and throughout the movie, you know, calling attention to the fact that they've been wronged the entire involvement of the U S government through the, the history of the country. Um, so really interesting moments where people are having conversations about, you know, what they think about the native Americans and, and the reality of all that. Well, Ombre was one of the first ones to show them as human beings and not as just the mindless savages. Mm -hmm. They had them really 
you know, have feelings and uh, the, the two uh, Indians in the bar, uh, where when he, when he throws the, you know, the, the Indian actually looks surprised like, yeah. Whoa, what are you doing? You mm-hmm. know? Uh, so of course, then they show the white guy smash the yeah. glass into the guy's <laughs> face. Right. So this is not Paul Newman playing an Indian. He's playing a kid that was raised by natives and almost like, uh, what's the Dustin Hoffman one? Little Big Man? Oh, little Big Man. Yeah. Where he's going, he, throughout that movie, he yeah. goes back and back forth, forth many times. Yeah. Um, or even uh, the supporting actress in Dances with Wolves, her character was named Stands with a Fist, a woman, woman who stands with a fist. She had been, when she was very young, brought into their tribe and then like kind of raised with them. Yeah, kidnapped. Okay. And... Right, kidnapped, yeah. And then she um, helps communicate between Phil Dunbar. And then, of course, there's Daniel Day-Lewis's Hawkeye, which... Everyone knew he would immerse himself in the role, but this yeah. that's when he took it to a new level and uh, like got pneumonia. And they're like, no, you, you need to sleep in a, in like a bed. <laughs> um, but yeah, but same year as Cool Hand Luke and spoiler alert, everybody it dies or yeah, he dies at the end. It ends the same way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> serious spoiler alert people listen to me don't don't watch it without knowing that um which is great uh another um richard boone who we had on our last episode uh western episode talk yeah. the talty this is him 10 years later 10 years later and still and playing a villain a, a seasoned villain yeah <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, wicked, a wicked laugh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wicked dialogue, uh, how he says it. Yeah. For sure. As uh, you're, and you're saying the entire time, he's a Shakespearean actor. Yeah. He so was. You're getting the looks and the, the right. poses from a Shakespearean. He, actor. he was a pro. This wasn't, yeah. So his dad was a corporate lawyer and he just, he wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And, uh, and he was serious about it. Uh, he took it seriously. You can see when he's probably one of those guys that once he got into character, he didn't want anybody messing him up, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Don't talk to him at the craft services right, table. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, following uh, other similar Westerns by Elmore Leonard, uh, there's always mention of Bisbee and going to contention. Contention, right. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I heard both of those. I noticed that. Yeah. That's, an, yeah, all three of the Western, well, four technically. Right. Uh, yeah. contention Bisbee to contention is the route. Uh, it was filmed on location as dad and I were watching the second half of it right before this. We're, tr- we're trying to see which ones were in studio. We, we believe very little, very little. Uh, maybe the where they bought the tickets, sure. Yeah, it was probably studio, yeah, yeah. but or it could have been one of those location sets yeah and they just used it because they yeah. were in the neighborhood right because it kind of looked like that all the locations were you know in a tri-county area right you know, yeah so. yeah um it was yeah it was filmed in the coronado right national, national forest. forest southeast of tucson 
so like it's accurate yeah and they used old tucson it's called okay it's a movie set okay that a lot of movies use because it's built like the old old tucson mm -hmm. it looks like what tucson used to look like okay because that's is that where okay corral it's close by that's that probably okay. yeah because i think when amber did nice. yeah she um, did her internship she came back with a bunch of tombstone <laughs> I okay actually, corral stuff i think it was your mom and i <laughs> we went there did you yeah and okay, saw the Steve okay there, corral right? and yeah okay yeah nice we went to visit him saw the grand canyon all that good stuff um i let one of the things i loved throughout the movie is paul newman's choice of body language if you look he's he's like holding his elbows throughout the entire movie uh even when they're just walking up they take the break in the mine to get some rest before they start again he's just walking up a hill and people are like they're trying to talk to him and he's just holding his arms like his elbows together kind of meekly and it's just, I think it's just to give that stoic, immovable, like he doesn't care. Um, like you're not going to upset me. I don't have like this gate where I'm trying to prove something. I have nothing to prove. I'm done. Um, I'm looking out for myself type of thing. But he, you know, he's, he's holding that stance throughout the movie later on as well. And yeah. even how he's just holding the gun, just patiently waiting, that type of thing. I thought, I thought that was. He did. Uh... I thought this was a movie that he did not play Paul Newman. He was, you know, a badass guy. Mm -hmm. and he didn't care. Yeah. Uh, raised by those Indians and didn't, you know, didn't matter to him. And and it's like they say, you don't, you don't want us. Uh, you don't want the woman. Because <laughs> nothing to me. Yeah. Um, and you know, you were talking about Richard Boone. This is uh, what I felt was classic Elmore Leonard name, Cicero Grimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, wow. You, know, you have to, like, <laughs> Elmore, like we should create an app called like an Elmore name generator. Right. Where you like punch in like the, the first letter of your first name and the month you were born and it'll generate like an Elmore Leonard name for you. But, like all of those are Ray Nicolette, Ordell Roby. Yeah. Cicero Grimes. Cicero yeah. Grimes. Yeah. He sounds like a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if that's a little Shakespearean. Cicero. You know, because Shakespeare wrote all those Roman, you know. Yeah. And Cicero was a Roman philosopher or yeah. a Roman emperor or something, <laughs> you know. Maybe the Elfie cast him as Grimes and he added the, you may call me Cicero. Cicero. Maybe. He added that. <laughs> and and Elmore thought that Richard Boone would be the star, would have the Paul Newman part. Would play so John you Russell. can see where that takes the two that a little fears. darker. Yeah. You know, uh, had Richard Boone been playing that, what kind of body language would he have had? And they uh, wanted Steve. How would he have played the. What was that, Drew? Well, they also wanted Steve McQueen at first. Uh, right down because he said it was too similar to the role he had recently uh but oh. then after he saw it and he was like oh that was paul newman at his best and so like not only paul newman do great but like the guy that was originally offered the job like also thought very highly of paul newman yeah i i heard in Bur 
was it Inferno, Burning Inferno, where the building's falling? Right, right, right. Paul Newman and Steve was, McQueen. It was the first movie together. They, they, like, they couldn't be on set at the same time. It's too big. Too big. Too big. And too much bigness. They had to decide who was going to be listed first. <laughs> so I think they ended up listing them side by side. Yeah. Double. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, those things are important. Yeah. It's all about the brand. <laughs> um, side note, I meant to mention that David Rose did the music for it. I first noticed it in the opening because he had some like very cool 60s bass thumps that I'm, I always cue into. Yeah. Um, but he did the music for Bonanza, Little House on the Prairie, and a bunch of TV movies that no one's ever seen or heard. Um, but his early days, he did, he composed two songs. One's called The Stripper, and the other one's called Holiday for Strings. And those to this day are used in like every movie where if there's like an old style burlesque stripper, that's in the background. Or if it's like a, um, it's like a sharp plucked violin. That's yeah. holiday for strings. So his great grandchildren are having their college paid for yeah. just off those two <laughs> songs. That's great. A lot of good horse work in this movie. A lot of, a lot of horse stunts. Of, Even that opening yeah. one where the stallion is, the yeah. alpha is is noting, and then the the pack runs together, and then it stops again. Yeah, I mean to corral all those horses, make yeah. them do that. Yeah, I I wondered about that. Was that how? What kind of horse wrangler did they yeah. have that he got that black horse, that stallion, mm -hmm. to to behave like a dog? Yeah, you know. Yeah, stop, stay, sit. Yeah, you know it was all. Yeah. you know you could just see the, and how he got all those horses to run into that, you know. Yeah, homemade corral. Mm -hmm. I was looking through the credits too to figure see if there was like animal coordinator right, right. I'm, I'm i'm sure that would go under stunts i'm guessing well yeah was pretty good yeah um you were saying martin balsam who played mendez the coach driver yeah um won the academy award for another film right it was a movie that he had you know already made yeah and was up for you know oscar consideration mm -hmm. And the Oscar show was held and he was nominated. Uh, he was nominated. So uh, he never said anything to anybody. He just went to the Oscars. In the he, middle of filming. In the middle movie. of filming yeah. this movie. Yeah. And he won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they couldn't be mad at him because yeah. he won. Yeah. Uh, and he's bringing that Oscar level performance. Like, well, these guys, well, uh, I don't know if Paul ever won one. But the quality of the acting, uh, Richard Boone, you know, the mm -hmm. Shakespearean thing, mm -hmm. Paul Newman, forget about it. You yeah. Know? Uh, he was more than blue eyes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because he famously said, like, the only reason why I got roles is because I have blue eyes. And that's completely incorrect. Yeah. I actually have, we go to Colette's, it's an antique store near us. I just, we'll go every now and then just to walk around. I, I came across this coffee book, this Paul Newman coffee book, and I bought it. Mainly because at the time of, as, as you get older and older in 
sorry, let me hold in childhood, as you're starting to get older and you're not hitting your growth spurts, like everyone keeps saying like, Oh, you'll hit a growth spurt. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I'm still five feet. My my stepsister's taller than me, yada, yada. So I always just had this thing about my height. I peaked out at five, nine, um, all of my uncles on mom's side, you every, are just towering. Your brother. By one inch. <laughs> I don't even think it's that. I think I may be heavy, a half inch because I'm not Andrew, much taller. Andrew's 5'10", I'm 5'9". Yeah. Um, interesting enough, Paul Newman, 5'9". Marlon Brando, 5'10". Yeah. So I always, if I always get self-conscious about my height, I'm just like, oh my God, Paul Newman is 5'9". So I bought that coffee book. And it has all sorts of stuff, including basically you take the three powerhouses of Brando, James Dean, and Newman. All of them came from the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, uh, James Dean came from Marion, Indiana. Yeah, he was Indiana. Uh, Marlon Brando was from Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, Newman was from Cleveland. Shaker Heights. Shaker Heights, a big suburb. Yeah. and then they moved to Hollywood and they became these superstars after James Dean died. Paul Newman basically made his money off of the roles that he was, that James Dean was slotted, was for. slotted for. Yeah. And he was just like at the only, sometimes that was the only work that I had was because he, he died. He died. Yeah. Um, but even just looking how he looks, the rigorous in that coffee book table, it goes into he would work out for hours six days a week yeah doing the old style like medicine ball calisthenics and all that trying stuff. To get before bigger. before bodybuilding yeah. was a thing and creatine <laughs> and all that stuff <laughs> um but yeah probably peak peak physique in this film now, you mentioned Oscars. He'd been nominated for nine different Oscars, uh, but he did win for Color of Money in 1986. Oh, no, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Supporting? Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's Drew and I's go-to. Oh, you know, they, they, called him in a, they called it in a leading role. Uh, so maybe it was co-leading with um, Tom Cruise, but okay. it was for, for leading actor. Right, because he's reprising his role as right. Fast Eddie Felsen. From the Hustler H. Oh yeah, this is also in the H series. Yeah, Hustler, Hud, Hud Harper, Hombre, Hombre, <laughs> Hombre. And uh, Hud is uh, another one of those movies that the it was the same director as Hombre. Hombre okay. and Hud, uh, same director. Hombre. Uh, oh, that's what one. it was. Yeah, uh, I think Martin yeah. made another one with him too. Oh yeah, the six total together. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So that because uh, Harper cool. was not the original name because it was that's like a Raymond Chandler book or something yeah, like that. And it was he, it was called something else. Harper is a detective. He is a right, private detective. Right. Yeah. So and I think the original screenplay or whatever it is, he has a different name. Paul ah. Newman asked because he was having good luck with H's, H's. to change it to change Harper it to an H. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I remember when I was a kid, I noticed that. That all, uh, what is it, all Paul Newman movies? Do they have the character yeah. with this H, you know? Yeah. But they were such good movies, you know? I mean, 
that became for me, that was a reliable movie to go see. Yeah. You know, it was like, Oh, Paul Newman. Yeah. Let's go see yeah. that. Yeah. So it, 67, you would be uh, 15. <laughs> 15. Yeah. So are you in Georgia? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember seeing this film? Ombre? Uh, you know, I don't remember seeing it, but my dad was a big movie buff. Yeah. So we went and saw movies. I mean, that was mm -hmm. something we did. Yeah. Do you remember uh, seeing Cool Hand Luke? Uh, now, Cool Hand Luke, I was in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, had a pair of cutoffs and I put a white stripe on them <laughs> so that they looked like those Prison. prisoner pants that nice. he had on, you know? Nice. So, nice. Uh, nice. But yeah, uh, I mean, I can remember going to see uh, After the Fox with my dad. And it was hilarious. It was a Peter Sellers movie. I was just going to ask. Yeah, I was just to say that. Yeah, that was a Peter Sellers movie. Right. And it had uh, uh, the guy that played Samson in Samson and Delilah, uh, which is, uh, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Uh, but he had, he had black hair that he, that he slicked. Okay. You know, Victor Mature. That was his okay. name. And uh, what he did was he played in that movie an old has-been actor. Okay. He would had a trench coat, and he, and, and he would be talking, and, and, and somebody would come in, or, or he would say something, and he'd, he'd go, he'd get a big smile on his face because <laughs> he's an act, you know, yeah. he's a star. Yeah. He'd get this big smile, and then he'd drop right back to that. And, he, and my dad laughed so hard. <laughs> At, at Victor Mature, you know, yeah. which to me, I'm just watching the movie and right. I, I thought it was a funny movie, but Victor Mature did not have the effect on me that it had on my dad because my dad had seen all of his movies. Okay. And so I had was, seen, he was playing, I like had seen character. Samson and Delilah, yeah. but now he's playing, he's spoofing himself. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it was so good and it had such surprising things in it. Yeah. Clever ways how he escaped from jail and all that, yeah. you know. And, uh, uh, and I remember going, and my dad, uh, much like Kelly's Heroes, we did the same thing. My dad, the next day, it. said, let's go see that again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we did. Yeah. And we did the same thing with Kelly's Heroes. Yeah. We went not knowing anything about it. That's the best. And uh, sometimes I wish I yeah. wouldn't watch a, a trailer. Right. Don't look at trailers. Don't just listen jump to in anything. Cold. Just go see it. Yeah. And, and have no and expectations. Just, yeah. Let yourself And that's taken. what we did. It was in, it was in Titusville. The, the theater in downtown town, which I don't think when, even when did that movie come out? I don't know. Kelly's heroes. Uh, good question. It's Rickles. Yeah. It's Savalas. Oh, it was it Sutherland. Was, so it had to be, I mean, if he was in Titusville, it's mid seventies, 1970. I'm out of school. What is it, Drew? 1970. There you go. 70. Oh, so they moved right after you graduated. Yeah. At the keys. Okay. Did. Oh. I stayed. I didn't realize that. Okay. I stayed. <laughs> okay. And they went to Titusville. Okay. And uh and then I spent the summer there and then I started school in Melbourne. Okay. That fall. And that probably around that time I saw it. I don't know exactly when it came out. Okay. Nice. But that was another one. Let's go see that again. Yeah. You know? Those are like <laughs> I feel like uh seeing Cool Hand Luke, those are some of those movies where like there's a time before you saw that movie and the time after you. You know, yeah. some of those some movies will do that to you. Mine is Royal Tenenbaums, where you're just like, you're a changed person yeah. after going through that. Did your dad ever take you to 
movies that were maybe not appropriate for your age? Well, I can remember one incident. We were uh, we went to uh, Lincoln Road Mall, Miami Beach, uh, and it was of course it was open air. You know, it was a okay. mall, but it was only a mall because no cars were allowed to drive on the street. Okay, but it was open air because it's Florida. Yeah, yeah. And they had this beautiful theater. It had the big grand staircase yeah. that went up to the balcony, and the walls were mirrors oh, in the lobby. Okay. And it was just like this fabulous thing. And we went to see, we had gone down there. We were going to the keys and my dad hit an oily spot in the gas station and he did a whoop, bam and landed on his back. Oh, and of course his wife was a nurse. She wouldn't let him move. They called an ambulance. My dad was trying to talk him out of it. <laughs> anyway, he goes in and he's that all sounds right. Sounds familiar, Drew. He's, yep. He's very familiar. He's all right. <laughs> and, uh, 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 so, you know, we stayed, we ended up, I went to the Miami Sea Aquarium, which I would have never seen because my dad, that was a pure tourist trap. Okay. No, no, we're not going to that. It's a tourist trap. Okay. Which is his excuse for not spending money. Okay. But since we weren't <laughs> going to the Keys, you know, he had okay. to do something. Oh, let's go see the Sea Aquarium. And then okay. we went to the Lincoln Road Mall to see Cleopatra, which had just come out. Okay. Okay. So okay. wait, let's set. <laughs> so you're not living at the Keys at the time. No, we were going to visit. So you were at Belgrade. Belgrade. Okay. So you are like 10? My brother was born. Okay. You're 12 years older. So, yeah. Okay. You're like so 12 I was or 13, like, yeah. 14. And, uh, and, and uh, so like I say, uh, we're, in, we're watching the movie. And in the movie, there's a shot of Elizabeth Taylor was Cleopatra. Okay. She's laying on her stomach. And you can see side Side to and, uh, and, of course, when that came on. My dad had his armor and he dropped his hand in my <laughs> eyes and I couldn't see. And I was trying to <laughs> by the time I get his hand off, boop, oh, she's gone. Side boob, gone. I didn't see the side boob. <laughs> Which he's out. He's That's not perfect. yet seen the movie again. So he's still missing out on that side boob to this day. To this day, I'm sad about it. Yeah. And it's just been blurred out. Critic, no, just yeah, probably. Censors have blurred it out. No. Probably doesn't even, that scene probably doesn't even make TV. Um, the reason why I ask that is because you did that to, uh, for us. You would take us to movies that were inappropriate, but you didn't give a shit. Do, do you remember seeing Go, Drew, in theaters? Yep. That was. I had no idea what was going on for half the movie. Yeah, same here. So I'm maybe, because that came out in like 2000. Or ninety nine, something like that. <laughs> Jesus. So I'm, I'm fourteen. Drew's twelve, which is like that's. Yeah, that's you guys are borderline. Yeah, ninety nine. I was eleven. You weren't going to come out of there disturbed. No, no. Go rape was, somebody or anything. No, that was no. A, and it was it was awesome because by then we'd seen Pulp Fiction, we'd seen all sorts of other movies that, you know, sometimes you don't take uh, a kid to a movie because not because it's inappropriate, but just the way the storyline is in a way you wouldn't even have fun because you wouldn't know what's you going on. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right. So, so you guys movie in particular jumped around too, because it wasn't one just it just, Yeah. It did the same thing. It did the same thing that Jackie Brown did because you're seeing the same thing from a different view. So I had that whole thing going, yeah. but so this is like, yeah, like I can't remember when go came out. It's it one of those 99. Okay. So I was yeah. one of those movies where, 
it's almost like you read the reviews maybe in USA Today and you're like, I need to go see that. Let's go see that. <laughs> but I got these boys with me. <laughs> you guys are coming too because it, I mean, it's got titties from the stripper. It's got drug use. It's got boom, boom, boom. It hits all the marks. I'm pretty sure that I used it as my guide. Would I like to see this movie when I was when age? I was fourteen? When I was yes, 12? yes. We told. I mean, to that day, I'm just. Um, it is definitely one of those movies where it's like, we definitely shouldn't be here, but Dad really likes this movie. So, I remember at a at a, you know, throughout the movie, you're making comments like, God, when like the strippers are just getting completely naked, and you're like, Oh God, should have done my. Dad we loved for it. <laughs> Should cover those eyes. Um, Tim Oliphant is in that. Yeah. Early to Anne Melissa McCarthy. Wow. Her first like little it's when Jay Moore and Scott Wolf are yeah. they find out that they've been hooking up with the same person, that that person is is, you know, playing with the two of them. They go to his house to confront him, and that guy's roommate is Melissa McCarthy. Uh, and she's in it and she's like oh my god there was this one time you guys missed each other by like three seconds it was so thrilling <laughs> and this is i mean this is like 10 years before she blows up pretty, pretty amazing yeah yeah anyways yeah we've had we've all had those movies that's why i wondered i was like did dad take those cues from java your dad well uh, he wasn't afraid to to let me see something felt, that yeah. other people might not let yeah. their kids see. Because you always trust it. Like I said, we'd seen Pulp Fiction. Yeah. So that has everything except Areola in it. Right. It has twists from a storyline where you're kind of confused. It's got drugs. It's got guns. It's got blood. It's got yeah. killings. All that stuff. So. I, I was never, conf uh, you know, that's, I have to say that about my dad. It's like he would never take something like, oh, there's drug use in it. You can't see it. Yeah. He was strictly, hey, it's a movie. Right. You know, right it's a story it's a lie yeah. it's, it's not real right. and and don't be doing that yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah that's pretty much the um because you, you always made that point to us yeah. where it's like this is a set these are actors it's pretend it can't hurt you don't it's not yeah. made for you to go and imitate right so don't supposed to be don't have nightmares and don't go to school and say those words you heard right because <laughs> that'll just get me in trouble <laughs> So back to ombre. <laughs> you know, speaking um, of the set, I really enjoyed the partially finished railway bridge. It was like where they had stopped originally in the stagecoach, and then they, when they were walking, they stopped there as well. That's where the shack was, where the final yeah, shootout. The mine, yeah, the mine, yeah. That, yeah. That I like that that, that bridge, that railroad. It looked just. Yeah, I just like the the Mountain West scenery. That was an actual that was a mine. abandoned mine. Like at the yeah. beginning, it says shot on location at Coronado, which is like some of the large, and then the Anaconda Company mine. Right, they were a copper company, Anaconda Copper, and that the rails you saw were for those little mining carts, like that Indiana Jones rode yeah. in there. Uh, <laughs> well, there was a bridge. 
off the ground that was uh it was like a wooden bridge maybe it had fallen down or i was in my head canon it was like you know it's the west is still expanding and they're you know it's a work in progress for a bridge to be built for yeah yeah that could be well they talk about how the railroad was coming the reason why that was the last stage was the writ the train had come to right to put it out or whatever and that was going to put the stage out of business um, so Martin Balsam wins the Academy Award, comes back. His, I thought, the one lines that got me to stop are when they're taking the break and uh, the, what, Favor goes up to yeah. Mendez and says, we're uncomfortable knowing that he was a an Indian. We want him to ride up top. and so. Mendez goes up to Russell and says, they're sitting down and he says, you got to come up top with me and make some uncomfortable, um, you know, comply or whatever. What does it matter? He yeah. Plays it, you know, yeah. What does it matter? You know, you, you would just upset them and we don't need that. Let's just, right. let's just do what they say. And Paul Newman's character, like he is throughout the movie, is just like, whatever. Yeah. If that's how you want to decide. If the, it almost puts it back on the person that's talking to him and it and martin balsam stops and he says you might ask why i lend myself to this and he's referring to him just doing as people say because him as a as a mexican even though he's not a mexican right he is playing a mexican here and he says it's a habit i've had a, a, a lifetime of it yeah. So he's just so used to just doing what people tell him to do and complying and you can tell it, it go along to get along. With, yeah. Yeah. It just torments his soul, but it's just who he is. It's just his habit of just yeah, going along to get along. I thought the night shots were really well done. Yeah, it we, was we uh, too heavy on a filter, or I don't know if they were actually shooting at night and just put on soft lighting. Yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. they did, it, it looked, looked like real good. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we thought was that in in a studio, and we we closely examined the shot, and we think it's still on location. Yeah, they're getting the most. I was wondering if they actually waited for maybe twilight or close to it and then just had some soft yeah. lighting put on. The hour was gone. You could tell yeah. that. Yeah. But it looked like to me that maybe they were added like, supplemental shoot, light shooting yeah. lights at reflectors. Yeah. So that they just got that moonlight. Yeah. Look, you Cause know? you even see, you see the moths. Yeah. <laughs> coming right. after the lights. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at one point, I don't know who says this, but he says, are you thinking about it in English? <laughs> Remember that? Now, was it, he was, he, he thought in Indian and Martin Balsam running, running yeah. on him. Yeah, that uh, was, yep. You think, uh, I don't know how you do it. Do you think in English or in Indian or what? Yeah. yeah. He, and then later a line is said and he says, uh, are you thinking about that in English? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was classic Elmore yeah. Leonard. That's, yeah. That was the Dickens of Detroit. There. Right. Um. I mean, like you're saying, the greatest line in the whole movie is, I got a question. Yeah. How you getting down this hill? Down that hill. <laughs> Except to Grimes yeah. in the mine. And he shoots him twice. I mean, that's a badass line. Yeah. Because he's sitting there quiet, and Mendez is doing all the talking. Yeah. You're just sitting there quiet, and Mendez walks away. And he says, I got a question. 
how you getting down this? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So That's good. the first thing everybody says. Yeah. The lines in the movie. Yeah. I feel like but there um, were a lot of, there was some good writing in that movie. Jesse's got a ton. <laughs> yeah. Of, of oh, she's loaded with them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, she was married to Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. First wife. Diane Valentro or Salento. Yeah. And uh, only uh, uh, mother of his only child. Yeah. And because um, she's got when uh, Billy Lee's complaining about the relationship and he's like, it's just 24 hours of griping and everything. And she says, um, well, that's the way you got to have it if you want it where you can nudge it in the night. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what was the what was the line? I should have wrote that one down. What was that line that where uh, it turned out somebody was the writer and that and that uh oh, I can't remember. That's what I get for not writing them down. But Ombre is full of them. Great. Yeah. Great uh Yeah, even Paul Newman when she is trying to get Paul Newman at the very end to try to go out there and save Mrs. Favor. They're going on and on back and forth. And um, finally, she's just like, this just, you know, you just know how to, you know, get on my nerve. Uh, there's no sense in talking about this, right? And he just says, if it bothers you, why talk about it? Yeah. Again, it's just like he's just delivering this immovable, stoic character. Yeah. Don't you care time. about those people? I don't care about them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was just like they held that the yeah. whole movie. Yeah, and the other line was, uh, you might notice white people stick together. Uh, and Paul Newman's character says, uh, well, they better. Yeah, yeah, they need to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, there's a we all die, just a question of when. Yeah. And that's right before he gets killed. Right before so, he gets killed. Yeah. I like before that. Before with, um, well, Cicero says to him, I got two holes in me. I owe mm -hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> No, when he's uh, threatening favor, like his like favor was one to take the the water and the money and, and take off. Yep. Uh, I like uh, when he he gives the gun to Mendez and tells him, uh, you know, if he if he tries to leave, shoot him once. If he touches the money, shoot him twice. If he touches the water, empty the gun. Empty the gun. gun. <laughs> I just like the the if then statements on that. Yeah. Which uh, that brings up some Drewster uh, that is truly authentic and it it happens to people all the time they go on a hike they don't take water and that is the most important thing you can have yeah because you'll die from lack of water long before anything else yeah. and uh and i thought you know that water becomes so important yeah it's uh, almost like the he pulls the gun out and he says see they see with some water and bam he shoots yeah. it you know yeah but then they shoot both of them yeah so that the other guys don't have the water yeah so when uh it's almost Silvera like the, uh, comes and says, uh, you know, you give us the money and some of the water. Yeah. You know, because he, he knows he gets, yeah. the money does you no good. Exactly. Almost <laughs> the money is less of a motivation. Than, the, you yeah, know, that's gone to the background. Yeah. yeah. So the water <laughs> is the Maltese Falcon. Right. And, and, and they're ready to take all the money. Yeah. But they know that w they won't give up all the water. Yeah. <laughs> so, and some of the water. Right. <laughs> No, it's yeah. It was a more of a like a atypical like hero western because 
you know, the hero ends up shooting him kind of in the back as he's retreating down the hill. And also the hero dies of like two very like kind of go against the, the grand themes of Westerns. Yeah. Not to mention he's just a straight up anti-hero. Yeah. Oh yeah. No one likes him. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like anyone. Um, and you're right, Drewster. It after this, westerns are different. Uh, they open the door to to westerns being allowed to be different, to be, mm-hmm. you know, shocking and even like, um, you know, Butch Cassidy and some yeah, dance kid. Exactly. Right. They die at the end of that. Uh, Shane, the hero dies at the end of that. Tom Horn. That was a uh, uh, Steve McQueen. Tom Horn, good movie. But I, I remember seeing I remember seeing Ombre uh, when I was fairly young. It was at your house, Dad, because um, I remember seeing the ending of it, and I was like shocked that the hero wasn't going to live. I was like, he's yeah. getting out, of this, right? And then the the kid didn't have a, a good clean shot. I was like, that lady, she's in the way. That <laughs> like that, that upset me because like the hero didn't win. I was like, this is this is some BS. Yeah. 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 How yeah. how young do you think you were? Uh I was probably 10, 12, 14. Okay. Maybe 13. If I was a teenager, young teenager. Yeah. That was a great piece of filmmaking though, because yeah. the tension when she gets up there and he's got her framed it's in like, that sight on. on that gun yeah. and, that, and the kid, you know, that's a weak. Yeah. And then come on, get out of the way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the tension yeah. that builds there. Yeah. And then boom. The payoff is everybody gets killed. Yeah. Perhaps there was contention on their way to contention. All yeah. right. That's All right. right. That's the name of the episode. Perhaps contention. Um, but yeah, another another great Western. I, I feel like the, the Westerns that were made off of uh, Elmore Leonard's work um, are outliers. For their time, uh, they were sure different. Because they were not. and Tall T right. are all those are way different from pushing, all the other movies, the all the other westerns that were made. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps for Ombre. Another good one in the books. Uh, like and subscribe. And uh, next episode is going to be Kill Shot. Kill Shot. Right. See y'all later. Alrighty. Bye bye. See you.